day. Welcome to Keep Moving Forward Podcast with Tom O'Leary. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for all the great feedback and even ideas for the podcast, questions that you have. And thank you for passing the messages on to friends, family members, people who you think would benefit uh, from these messages on the Keep Moving Forward podcast with Tom O'Leary. Hey, today I'm excited about the message we're going to dive into. I think we all need this one, but it's called How God Turns Mistakes into Miracles. Oh man, we've all been there. We've all blown it. We've all made mistakes. But did you know God can actually turn that mistake into a miracle? The thing that blows my mind is if you look at every character in the Bible, every man, every woman that's been highlighted through Scripture, they all made mistakes. And somehow, some way, God has a redeeming purpose. And so God's the miracle maker. He's the one that takes our brokenness, takes our stupidity, <laughs> takes our uh, just mishaps, and he turns them into miracles. God turns our mistakes into miracles. I mean, think about uh, David. Boy, did David blow it. He ends up committing adultery with Bathsheba, and, and what a horrible mistake. Um he, you know, it doesn't go well. There's consequences and she actually gets pregnant and the baby dies. And, but then, you know, they end up marrying and having uh, another baby, uh, Solomon. And so, you know, God uses Solomon as like the wisest man in the world and, and, you know, writes all this wisdom in scripture. And, and so somehow, some way, you know, God took this mistake and he, he turned it into a miracle. I think of Apostle Paul in the New Testament. He's going around persecuting Christians, uh, seeing them killed and dragging them off to prison. And boy, he gets knocked off his horse. It's Jesus going, Paul, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? Paul goes blind for three days. So, you know, there were some consequences, right? But then he comes to the light. And then ends up being probably the most influential person throughout history for Jesus Christ. He pinned the majority of the New Testament. Somehow, somehow, he made some huge mistakes and God turned it into a miracle. I think of even Moses, where Moses knows he has this calling on his life and he decides, man, I am just going to run from God. I'm going to run from my purpose. And he's hiding out in the desert for years and years until God speaks to him through this burning bush and then brings him back and he delivers his people, the Israelites, out of the hand of Pharaoh, sets them free out of Egypt. They had been in slavery and bondage for years and years and years. And, and God took Moses took his mistakes and he turned it into a miracle. So we could just go on and on uh, about all the people in the Bible where they just blew it and somehow God just puts it together, you know, our messes. You know, I want to focus on on Joseph as well because Joseph has the same storyline where he made some mistakes and somehow God just keeps 
you know, taking those mistakes and using it in his life. You know, for Joseph, I always call it from the pit to the palace. Yep, from the pit to the palace. You know, Joseph is really loved by his father. His father gives him this really cool, expensive coat, many colors, and his brothers are jealous. And, and you know, Joseph is telling them about these dreams and how they're going to bow to him, you know, probably, you know, don't want to brag to your brothers that you're going to, they're going to bow to you. (laughs) Might want to keep that dream to yourself. I don't know. But anyway, there was some pride there in, in Joseph. And so his brothers, they beat him up and they throw him in a pit. They're going to leave him there to die. And so all of a sudden there's a you know, a band of Ishmaelites that are coming by. And, and so they decide, okay, instead of killing him, let's just sell him as a slave. So they sell him as a slave. So, you know, he goes to, uh, with them and he he ends up landing in Egypt and then he's working in the palace. He's, you know, moving up the, the ladder, so to say, he's being promoted. And then he's with this governor's wife, uh, Potiphar's wife is the name. And, and she makes a pass at him to come to bed with her. And he runs out the, the door. I mean, it's like a really good soap opera, right? And, and so he gets out of there. But then she falsely, you know, accuses him of things that he didn't do. That's probably one of the worst things. And so he gets thrown in prison. And then uh, he ends up, you know, he's in prison. They find out that he can interpret dreams. He interprets the dreams uh, for Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh promotes him back uh, into position and then puts him in power of over all of Egypt. And that had a very huge purpose because then there was a famine and his brothers come to him, the very ones that were going to kill him, tried to kill him, threw him in a pit, sold him as a slave. And in that place, he forgives his brothers. It's a powerful storyline. Now, I came across a lot of P's there, right? He started with pride, went to the pit, then went to the palace, then went to Potiphar's wife and prison, and and then he's promoted, and then he's put in power for a purpose. Okay, there you go. And so... God does this. He takes our mistakes and turns them into miracles. You know, one of the best scriptures that you could memorize on this whole theme of how God turns our mistakes into miracles is in fact Romans 8, 28. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 tells us, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. My friend, if you love God, you are called according to his purpose. And it says he just works in everything of your life. The wrongs you've done, the wrongs done to you, the mistakes we've made and the mistakes that were directed toward us, whatever it is. But see, God can take a mistake and turn it into a miracle. I always love that Romans 8, 28, because that word works also, that he works everything. It also translates as weaves, like a thread and needle, like it's weaving or like yarn. It's weaving in and out. It's weaving in and out and it's creating something beautiful. 
It's creating a masterpiece. And that's what God does. He takes us and turns us into a masterpiece. So today, as we're learning from Joseph, I really picked up on some things that Joseph did. And they're all kind of uh, camped out in Genesis chapter 50. Uh, Genesis 37 to even 47 and to 50 really tell the story of Joseph. And, and in Genesis chapter 50, it just kind of summarizes everything for us. So the first thing that I saw that Joseph did, here he's you know gone through all this pain and, and all these things we just talked about, and he still honored people. He honored others. He honored authority. He was that kind of person. He would honor people. I think that's number one for us to position ourselves in a place where God could take our mistakes and turn it into a miracle. See, in Genesis 50, verse 4, it says, When the days of mourning had passed, Joseph said to Pharaoh's court, If I found favor in your eyes, speak to Pharaoh for me, tell him, My father made me swear an oath and said, I am to, when I'm about to die, bury me in the tomb that I dug out for myself in the land of Canaan. And so here's, he's, he's going to Pharaoh. Uh, he's trying to get his permission. He's trying to honor his father's wish. And, and Pharaoh responds in verse six says, go up and bury your father as he made you swear to do. Like, like he's honoring a vow that he made. And so that's just a big thing. And, and here, Joseph, he's, he's mourning the loss of his father. I shared recently in a Keep Moving Forward podcast that my, my dad passed away, or as I like to say it, he graduated to heaven. So he's dancing with Jesus and it's all good. But there's a lot of emotion there, a lot of emotion, uh, a lot of tears and sadness. And, and, and yet, you know, I want to honor my dad's legacy. In fact, last Sunday, we had his celebration of life. And oh, it was so beautiful. You know, uh, a couple hundred people were there. And and uh, I got to be part of leading it. And I just shared big moments with my dad. Again, just trying to honor him. So I shared the moment that when we lost the CIF championship football game and we were undefeated going into the championship and and we ended up getting blown out in the second half, losing 34 to 6 and and all the people are swarming onto the field and I'm spinning around like I'm in a nightmare and I, I turn around and there's my dad with his arms just open wide, not even saying a word, just hands open and I fall into his arms and start crying on his shoulder and I just shared that on Sunday with at his celebration of life with that's the position of Jesus. His hands are just open wide that you could just fall into. I, I shared about how I wanted to communicate something to my dad and and I had kind of said everything I wanted to say. And I felt like God put in my heart, write him a thank you letter. So I write him this thank you letter and got to read it to him. And I went back later uh, as I was going into the celebration of life and preparing for it, there are 31 thank yous. <laughs> and it, it went all from me as a little boy to me now as a grown man. And, and all the ways that my dad was there. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. 
that's part of honoring. And then this this huge last moment, I shared that uh, right before he passed away, you know, he lifted up his hand, he put it on my forehead, and he said, he said, Tom, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you, and you've always been a great son to me. And I just shared with the people that, you know, your father in heaven extends his hand. It's the, it's the father's blessing. And he says to you today, he loves you. He's proud of you. And he thinks you're great. Well, that was the big moments that I shared. All to try to just honor my dad's legacy. I think when you and I honor other people, just, you know, God calls us to honor everyone. You know, the, the rich, the poor, the, you know, the boss, the employee, the, you know, you, you know, all people, uh, your spouse, you know, you honor, you honor, you honor. That, that positions us up for God to take our mistakes and turn it into a miracle. So that's number one, honor others. Number two is huge. Recognize God is in control. That, that presses into that Romans 8.28 that we read. But I want to read you this classic, classic verse. It's highlighted in orange in my Bible. <laughs> I usually highlight in yellow, but for some reason I got really aggressive and I went with orange on this one. <laughs> Genesis 50 verse 20. Joseph says to his brothers, <clears throat> the very ones that tried to take him out, says, Genesis 50 verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done and the saving of many lives. Wow! Joseph has this perspective that God had a had a purpose, that Romans 8.28 purpose. He had a purpose in it all. He had a purpose to save many lives. He allowed this incredible offense to happen, to be thrown into a pit, to happen because he could see the purpose. And so he just recognizes God is in control. We have to come back to that over and over and over again. That's number two. Recognize God is in control. I'll never forget, Sherry and I, we have at the time three small children, three girls before we got our son, Luke. And and so it was, you know, three small kids, you know, under the age of four, I believe. And Sherry was going through some real medical problems and we go into the uh, hospital and it was supposed to be just kind of like a 20 minute procedure. And, you know, a few hours later, they're coming out and telling me that she almost died on the ER table. And and I'm just flipping out and I got to get back and take care of the kids. And now she's safe and secure in the hospital. And I go to the car in the parking lot of the hospital I, I put my head down on the steering wheel and I'm crying, just tears pouring down my face. And I'm like, God, where are you? And I turn the ignition of the key on and all of a sudden, booming over the stereo was this song and literally the lyrics are saying, God is in control. And I went, there's my answer. God is in control. And he is in control. And he's going to take our brokenness and our hurt and our pain and our mistakes. And he's going to turn it into a miracle. 
So we're going to honor others. We're going to recognize God as control. This is an interesting... Number three is be kind. And especially, this sounds crazy, I know, don't turn off the podcast. We got to be kind to even those who offended us. Be kind to our offenders. So in Genesis chapter 50, verse 21, Joseph continues to say to his brothers, the very ones that offended him, tried to kill him, so then, don't be afraid, I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Wow, can you imagine that? Like these are the people, your own brothers, but these are the people that ruined your life. I mean, that like blew it up. And certainly Joseph had made mistakes and then there were mistakes made toward him, but he, he turned, God turned it into a miracle. And here he finds himself in front of these people who offended, who hurt him. And he's, he's speaking kindly to him. I know we need Jesus for that, right? That we need his power. We need his grace. We need his wisdom, his truth, his compassion to be kind to even those who offended us. I have a dear friend has an amazing, amazing testimony. Uh, long story short, he has a business partner. His business partner tries to kill him by sending him a mail bomb. In fact, the bomb blows up and and literally uh, blows up in, uh, in his neck. Uh, somehow, miraculously, he lives through this mail bomb, the business partner uh, gets convicted and thrown in prison. And my friend goes back to the prison and shares Christ with him and leads him to Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? The guy that tried to kill me and destroy me, my life, and blow me up, literally. And I go back and I speak the words of grace and the message of the gospel and Jesus Christ. And I lead him to Christ because of love and compassion. Wow. Wow. That's when God takes a mistake and turns it into a miracle. And so it's just powerful. It's huge. So, We've got this honor and we've got this recognizing God. He's in control. Be kind. Okay, two more things that I saw in Joseph. And I think they're really, really significant. And it's going to, again, like I like to say, position us into a place for God to do a miracle. And so we continue in Genesis 50. We jump to verse 24. And it says, Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of the land to the land he promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, you know, here I think is a big punchline for Joseph and his interaction with his brothers. He, he's, he's now speaking vision, purpose, uh, blessing. And in that, he's, he's forgiving them. Like this is like the final statement and he's, he's forgiving them. And that's number four. We've got to forgive others. We've got to forgive others. I, I have another dear friend who shared his testimony with me uh, recently. 
And he made some huge mistakes, uh, really big mistakes. And he, in fact, found himself in prison for real and served a term and the whole deal. And he's now out the other side. And this guy is more grateful for life and just alive than I've ever seen in almost anyone else. I mean, he, he's beaming. He's just glowing with the light of Christ. And I think a huge part of that is because he was in prison and now he's set free. Okay, here's the problem with unforgiveness. Unforgiveness leads to bitterness. And bitterness is like cancer. It is a prison and it will hold you back. It will hold you in chains. You know, as a mentor of mine, a good pastor friend that has been speaking into my life recently, you know, said, you know, when we have these moments, these these moments where we can be bitter, it's either going to be a tombstone or a stepping stone. I really like that because the tombstone holds us under the ground in our bitterness. The stepping stone, this huge, massive mistake or pain point, whatever, it can be a stepping stone. So we got to decide, are we going to allow this thing going on in our life to be a tombstone and hold us down under the ground in our bitterness? Or are we going to allow it to be a stepping stone to step into the purpose of God, to be above ground, to, to go for it in life? And that, that's going to require forgiving others. You know, so step out of the, the prison of unforgiveness. And how you do that? You forgive others. You just go there and go there and go there over and over again. And that leads to the last one. And it's equally as powerful. And it is, number five, forgive yourself. We forget about that one. We, we, we always talk about, oh yeah, you got to forgive the person who hurt you and this and that. And we, we don't talk, I don't think enough about forgiving ourselves and you have to forgive yourself. And, you know, in the end here with Joseph, he's just making these proclamations. He's releasing blessing on his brothers and their families. And he's just kind of making a statement of, and I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin. Like I did what God called me to do. I, I, I walked it out. I took it to the end. I, I, you know, I, I made some mistakes, but I finished strong. You know, it's, it's all that, you know, the, the second half of the race, you know, I, 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 I want, I finished my race. I did what I was supposed to do. And, you know, I tell you what, that's one of the hardest things that maybe you'll ever do is to forgive yourself. I mean, I started to brainstorm, like, what are things that I've done that were like one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do? You know, I I remember uh, jumping off a cliff one time into the water, you know, like, what are you thinking? <laughs> and, and it was just like, you know, I, I, I went for it. It was difficult. It was a cliff jump. And, and, and yet I survived it. And yet each cliff jump after that, uh, is easier. And that's how it works. And I think forgiving others, that's a cliff jump. Forgiving yourself, that's a cliff jump. And each time that you forgive others, it's going to get a little easier. And each time you forgive yourself, and I imagine we need to do that every day, that we have to remind ourselves, you know what? I'm receiving your grace, Jesus. 
you forgive me, how could I not forgive me? That That's the concept, right? If the living God of the universe forgives you, your Father in heaven, He's your Father, He's your Papa, He's your Daddy, He is your one. He forgives you because Christ took your place. Christ took all our sin, all our mistakes, and He nailed it to the cross, and He overcame death. He rose from the dead so that you and I could be forgiven. And so your Father in heaven, He forgives you. He calls us to forgive others like we've been forgiven. But how, if He forgives you, the living God, your Father in heaven, how could you not forgive yourself? And so we got to go there. We, I, I'd, I'd like you to think about that one. Meditate on that one. Uh, understand that one. So let's recap. Here we go. How God turns mistakes into miracles. It's that Romans 8, 28. Well, number one, we're looking at the life of Joseph, honor others, honor others. It, it sets us up. It positions us for the miracle. Recognize God is in control because he is. <laughs> Whether we recognize it or not, he is. Number three, be kind to everyone and, and specifically to your offenders. It's just being Jesus, right? Being his hands and feet, being kind. Number four, forgiving others. We got to go there. We got to do it. Continue to forgive others. And finally, number five, forgive yourself. And you are setting yourself up for a miracle. That's how God does it. That's how he turns our mistakes into a miracle. I want to pray for you today. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for all the people listening to this podcast. And God, I pray you'd encourage them. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would comfort them, that your presence would would fill them with life and joy and peace and hope, and that, God, you would be the lifter of their head, even in the middle of their mistakes, even on the mistakes that they're thinking about right now, like, oh, I blew it here and I blew it there, and, and, and massive mistakes, and how could I, they ever be redeemed? God, you're the Redeemer. You are the Redeemer. So, God, would you just instill faith and hope and courage and confidence in you that, God, you're going to take our mistakes, you're going to do it, and you're going to turn them into a miracle. So, Lord, thank you for each person. Bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) Hey, I just am so encouraged, and I hope you are too. If you know someone who's made a mistake and they need to hear this this uh, Keep Moving Forward podcast voice, just send it to them. Uh, the best way to do it, too, is just send them to my website, www.tomolary.org, and all the messages are there, and certainly this one will be ready to go. So uh, remember, remember, God loves you, He loves you, He loves you, and I'm for you. God bless.